Hey, hey, y'all, you are listening to Definitely Not For Everyone with your girl, Nicolette, and my co-host, Diana. Hi, um, guys. We, you didn't have to say hi yet, Di. Um, <laughs> we are here today with Mr. Dwayne Morgan. Um, so from all of the research that I've done, I have to say that I'm honored, truly, like <laughs> we are honored that you were like, you know what? I'll come on your little podcast and say what's up Shocked. to your Shocked. like five people that listen <laughs> to y'all. <laughs> um, so for the audience that does don't know you, um, and I know you are a humble man, so allow me to tell the audience all of the things, well, some of the things, because there are more things, so I didn't add that in there, but some of the things. So you are a Canadian spoken word artist, motivational speaker and event organizer. You are a musician. You are hopefully a soon to be, I mean, we'll talk about that part later, but soon to be elected official, right? Cause we gonna run again, right? Um, and <laughs> from your TikTok, you seem like an amazing, amazing father. Um, so usually how I like to begin our conversations is by asking you to define yourself, which I feel like I already did for you, but every day is different, right? So today, who are you? How you feeling? What, I mean, whatever you want to say, do, would you like me to All right. Well, first, I want to thank you for the, for the invite, for inviting me onto the podcast. I didn't think of it as this little podcast. (laughs) It was, you know, it was big podcast to, you know, for me. And I just love to, to share in the fact that, that you hit me up and hit and said, Hey, you know, I saw your, your TikTok and would you want to be, I I didn't even hesitate. I just responded. Yes. And here we are. Right. So uh, I am uh, a writer, spoken word artist, entertainer. I wear a lot of different hats um every day for me is totally different and that's exactly how i how i like it and how i like to live um so you know i'm just always just doing stuff it's really hard to to define myself but i'm glad that you said you know today in in this moment and as this is the um as we're kicking off black history month uh today i'm i'm tired because this is just the busiest month of the year for me and um you know i did for speaking engagements today and ending the day oh. podcast. So, you know, we, we, we're here. Wow. And we wow, brother. Thank you. Wow. <laughs> That's no so cool. Oh, I can't wait to hear about your events of the day. Right. And um, Nikki, would you like to say what? Oh, How are you um, feeling today? I'm tired. There was no yes, school girl. today. We're in NYC and there was no school today. And I have two kids, two girls. And one is five and the other one is 11. And I don't know why I did that. Um, I am um, I'm half Japanese, half Guyanese. Um, so yeah, you know. And uh, I'm a massage therapist. Um, and I'm a podcaster, like I'm a host. Like I still gotta Go be like- Go ahead. Wrap that around my head. But anyway, that's me, you know. <laughs> I'd had no speaking engagements today. Um, <laughs> what about you, Di? <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, I'm a mom. I'm a wife. I'm a mom of three boys. My boys are men. They're 26, 21, and 14. And how am I feeling today is inspired. Brother, I can't wait to talk with you. I'm so excited about this show today. And I am also tired because... <laughs> There's a lot of snow out there and I'm tired because I know we all gonna have to go out there and shovel all that out. 
Them so boys better help you shovel. Just think, oh no, they're good. The last few years, they've been good. But before it used to be me and everybody else was tired or, or hurting or my husband's back or his honey, I'll be out there later and I'm halfway done and then he come on out. But that's another story. But uh, <laughs> that's another story. You should watch but, um, her TikToks. You should have him watch Dwayne's TikToks. I'm telling you. I'm telling Learn you. Learn a few things. Shoot. They um, all should. All right. So, but but yeah, your TikToks. But before we even get into that, so I guess for the audience to know, that's where I found you. I found yes. you on TikTok. I've yes. been on a yes. TikTok frenzy, liking everybody. Well, not everybody, but. <laughs> um and I came across you and I was like oh my god this is so amazing and like you're saying all the things that I can't say out loud because I sometimes I feel like I can't put three words together you know what I mean um so you were saying all the things and I was like like follow like 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 everything and I mean you don't have much on TikTok yet Mm -hmm. but just the things that you have put up are so um, thought provoking and like um, I felt so connected you know and my most recent one my favorite one is can you imagine a world where <laughs> cis men get their periods or get yes. periods that shit yes. I was like yes and you know yes. the thing is I mean I feel like I'm talking too much right now because I need you to be just talking but for me I was like those are things that I have thought of Mm-hmm. You know, all the time but then mm-hmm. to really like sit down and like imagine all of that I'm going against like what the script is of what I had written so I'm going to skip a little bit mm-hmm. on your spoken word what are the sparks that make you choose the content um <clears throat> I mean the main thing for me is just to get people to to think about things you know what I mean and it, and really just kind of challenge how we think about things. I think a lot of us, you know, mentally are in a mental comfort zone. So sometimes I just like to shake things up a little bit and just kind of, you know, say things that maybe in the privacy of your own home or in your own head, you might think about, but nobody actually says it out loud. Um, And I just like to, you know, just offer that different perspective. And I mean, it'll be interesting to see, you know, how things roll out as I start to put more out there because there's there's so much that I haven't even touched on in so many different aspects of of my work that that isn't there yet I mean I had been sleeping on TikTok for the longest time because I just thought it was just people just acting the fool and stuff and my, my daughter was like no you gotta you gotta go on there or whatever and I was just like I'm not going on there and doing any dances and stuff and she's like no you know just like just do some of your poems and stuff so I was like all right let's see let's see what happens and then I did it and like in a few weeks, like that, it just kept notifications and notifications and people are following. I couldn't even keep up. Like it might look bad that I'm not following a whole lot of people, but it was just so overwhelming how fast everything was happening. And I just had to be, I, even if I'm not following, what I always try to do is if you leave a comment, I always try to respond back or at, mm-hmm. at least. So <clears throat> I was just on my phone nonstop, just commenting commenting thanking people that I was just overwhelmed so um I'm still trying to figure it out but I'm so grateful that the work has found you know a new audience and has found people that have no idea you know who I am because you know in Toronto where I'm at um you know people know who I am 
but you know TikTok has now allowed me to to get the word out to a bunch of people who never heard me before never seen me before and it's it's re been really you know an exciting journey the last few weeks wow That's so it's so your awesome. daughter who we have to thank for bringing you to us that is so cool thank yeah you, and, and because she's the one who got me there Part of her getting me there was she had to sit in with me to film some of the videos. Oh, nice. that's why yes, she's which on I it love. With you. Oh, okay. We love it. We love it. Yeah. We that love makes it. Sense. That was part oh, of the trade-off. That is so, <laughs> so cool. I'm hearing a bit of an accent. Jamaican. Yes, we are. Yeah. Yes, we are. So going into that, can you give me a picture of what your childhood? was like like mm. what were your parents like how did you grow up you know did you um, travel from Jamaica to you know Canada or you know like all of the things I, I was born here in Canada um I'm the, the first generation born outside of the the islands um we grew up in a in a part of Toronto that didn't have a whole lot of, of black folks at first so I mean there was just a whole my sister and I were two of the three black kids in the school so wow. there's a, a lot of things that that we had to learn and discover and try to navigate, you know, dealing mm. with, you know, race and just people who hadn't really seen a lot of, um, you know, black people before. And, and my parents growing up in Jamaica hadn't seen a lot of white people before. So it was just a whole lot of stuff to, to learn and wow. figure out. And my sister wow. and I were just in the middle of it, just trying to, you know, piece things together as kids. And, and, and um, you know, I, I would say had a, normal you know upbringing and stuff it, mm -hmm. it was very important um you know for my parents that they always brought us back to Jamaica so we knew exactly where they came from we know you know the culture the music the heroes the, the all of that stuff so you know more often than not we might say introduce ourselves and say we're Jamaican even before we might say Canadian even though Canadian. we weren't born there mm -hmm. but that's just you know how we were brought up to have you know those Caribbean values and you walk down the street you say hello to people and all of these all of these kinds of things that are just part of um you know the the Caribbean brought up see as as, as we yes so <laughs> it's um you know so I grew up with with a lot of that and then you kind of have you know one foot or half of you is in that old Caribbean world and the other okay. half is in this new place that you're trying to discover and then you know I have my own daughter now and it's just trying to make sure that she also has a bit of that jamaicanness brought up see in her as well so <laughs> yes, now i bring her back to jamaica to make sure that she sees not just the resort but and i need her to to get woken up by the roosters and see people walking goats and all of that kind of stuff it's, mm -hmm. it's very important to me that she sees that because then she gets a better appreciation of of what she has knowing where she's come from so that true. That is so cool. That is so cool. I love that. Well, have you been to the U.S.? Ah, many times, many times. I'm, um, I used to, to travel and tour uh, quite a bit and just go through the U.S. and perform poetry and, and stuff. Uh, I have family in New York and in, in Florida. Um, so, I mean, I go, I go to the States all the time. And you see that the huge Caribbean population we have Mm -hmm. here also that so you be coming to brooklyn the bk yeah it's been a minute it's been a minute but yeah used to come down to, to brooklyn and, and all that stuff you know what i mean um buffalo i mean is just around the corner so sometimes i'd go watch football games in, in buffalo and and whatever so i mean it's the border's pretty easy so I've, yeah. I've been back and forth quite a lot that is so cool 
Well, Nikki, we, we talked a little about the TikTok, how we met them on the TikTok. And um, you're also- Don't you love how we say the TikTok? Like the TikTok, people. like we are old people, that's why. I, I know- I'm not old, I'm not old. Well, okay. I am. Anyway, so sorry. I call it the TikTok. <laughs> but you are also into politics, which I think is so fascinating. Mm. And I was wondering what was it like? First, tell us how you got started in it, because we're curious about that. And also, I was wondering, like, you know what we're going on here in the U.S. Mm-hmm. as a Black man in politics here, what that experience is like. And I was curious, what is it like in Canada for a Black man to run um, similarities <laughs> and differences? So give us the whole story. All right. So first of all, y'all have the most, like, complicated system I've ever seen period. I don't even understand. It's like just a, you know, some kind of reality show of <laughs> different branches of this and that. And like, we're like, this should be so simple. Like, I don't understand yes. why y'all got yeah. all of this stuff going on. So it's yeah. very mm-hmm. different here. Very simple. Um, and it's an interesting story for me because I was never into politics. And probably even now I would still say that I'm not even really into politics per se. Uh, the last yeah. election, the one that I ran in was, um, two, three years ago. And Mm -hmm. someone had just called me up from one of the political parties. And we actually, we have more than two, right? So there's multiple (laughs) parties, which is also something that I find interesting because I'm like, how are you just, I'm either this or that. Like people are so fluid that it's like, it's so hard. I don't even understand how y'all say I'm just this, right? So we have, you know, the extreme left, we have the right, and then we have few parties in the middle, and you kind of just pick what works for you. So I got a call from one of the, um, the parties. And they're just like, hey, would you have you ever thought of running in the election? And I was like, this is random. I don't know how you got my phone number, but this conversation. Oh about- that is not what I thought the story was going to be. Go ahead. Wow. Okay. Yeah, but conversation <laughs> lasted about two minutes and I was like, hell no, that's not my thing. I'm an artist, you know, whatever. <clears throat> but after that conversation, I got to thinking to myself of why did I respond like that? Who's, who tells me or who told me that I can't do it, that I'm hmm. not it? I said, everybody who's a politician was somebody else before. Most people are doing something. They're a business person. They're a lawyer. They're a whatever. And then they go into politics. Mm-hmm. So I had to realize that this was an example of me just stopping myself because there was nothing else to say that I couldn't do it mm-hmm. other than me making that decision. So the, only, the main reason why I ran was to prove to myself that I could run and to inspire people from the community and other young people to be like, hey, if this guy is writing poems and he's running for office, there's nothing stopping me from running for office. So the next one is gonna be next year. And it's my hope that some of the people who saw me run a few years ago will be inspired to run in that next one. I haven't decided if I'm going to to do it, but, yeah, it was a great learning experience and something that I tell, you know, so many young people that um, it was my first time doing it. I finished second to somebody who had been in that position for a very long time, like decades. So I felt very proud that I was able to finish second amongst other people who were actual, you know, politicians. And um, what I say to people all the time is that I went into it knowing that only one person can win. 
So the likelihood of not winning was high. So it's not like, you know, <laughs> selling myself, you know, this pipe dream or whatever. So it's not like, oh my gosh, you lost and it was disappointing or whatever. I mean, mm -hmm. to lose, it's a public loss, big deal. Who cares? Like for me, what I gained was along the way, I met other people who were running who won. So now when I need a reference letter, when I need anything, I just hit them up and I'm like, hey, I'm trying to do this thing. Now I got people in high places who can write me letters, who can open doors, right. who can do things. So people always get caught up on the winning, mm -hmm. but you can still win by losing, yes, but you got to be in the game first. If you're not in the right. game, you're just, in, you're a spectator. What do the yes, spectators sir. get? You get a program that says, this is what happened in the race. These are the people who were in the race. I'd rather at least be in the race, be able to know who else was in the race, than just go home with a souvenir. You know what I mean? So nice. that was that was my my main thing in terms of how I approached it, my outlook, and you know what I try to impart to, to other people about why it's important to get involved. I love that. Nice. That's I so love, fucking right? cool. <laughs> yes. That is. That is. You know, because it's like I you love took, that. You know, everybody says stuff like, oh, you have to be courageous to go into politics and you know, because you don't know what's gonna hit you and all of that stuff. But like it's like you took the courage out of it. And it was just something that you were gonna do. Like, and then and and that was it, you know, and it wasn't necessarily about winning, it was just about yeah, getting in the game. Yeah, but the thing is, I, I knew that I couldn't lose. So it was about winning because mm, I'm like, right. whether, I, whether I was elected or not, I was going to win Got because it. I'm in it, right? Got so it, right? when you're on the outside, you have no chance of winning. You have no chance That's of right. gaining. But I, I won even though I lost, right? So it's, it. it really just comes down to how we see things. And I mean, okay. you know, people scoured the internet. They, they, they used my poetry against me. They did all sorts of stuff happens. Like it's, it's a dirty game. You got to have a thick skin, um, you know, cause I write sexual poems as well. So they, they found all those and they're like, I could oh, just imagine. Goodness, I just got an image of that. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it, I could imagine it got, it got crazy, but you know what? It was still a great learning experience. And, um, you know, I have some great people in my corner that I met from doing that. And just so to cool. follow up with what Di was saying in terms of like you being a black man in Toronto and Canada, Canada and running for office, did that, I mean, of course it played a role, but how did it play a role for you? I, I mean, it was, it was really interesting because, you know, the, the area that I was trying to represent is where I grew up and now it's a, a heavily um, Chinese area. Uh, a good chunk of the people are Chinese, a good chunk of the people are from Sri Lanka, and then you have a lot of Black people all in this area. So it was really interesting because, you know, <clears throat> trying to go around, trying to knock on doors and stuff, people are looking out like, who's this Black guy? Am I going to answer the door? So, you know, in certain neighborhoods, I had to get like a Chinese volunteer and be like, yo, just come, come walk with me through here and just, you know, be my medium between, you know, the door and these people looking out and seeing this Black guy and... You know, it's, it's I just to, like, like here, right? <laughs> I, I had to take exactly like my, here. Yeah, I had to take some of my materials and you know translate it into Cantonese and Mandarin and different wow. things just to try to you know reach people. And, and it was interesting because you know the party that I was a part of didn't want me to do stuff like that. And I'm like, I'm not trying to be out here getting embarrassed. I'm like, <clears throat> we got to reach the people. So if the people don't speak mm -hmm. English, I need to put this in their language so that they know who this guy is. 
so that when they see me rolling up on their door, you know, some people I had to like put the stuff, like the key thing, and they would read and see, okay, it's in Cantonese, okay, just leave it here and I'll get it after or whatever. Like it was just an interesting uh, experience as a black person trying to, you know, walk through neighborhoods and knock on doors and stuff because you have no idea what you're, who's going to open the door and what kind of conversations are going to happen. That's right. That's wow. right. That is so cool. I love uh, that. It's very similar. That's <laughs> my question, brother. Yes, very yes, similar. Yes. <laughs> um, so ahead, I listened to one of your albums <laughs> and like I said earlier, I keep blushing. Before we started recording, I don't know why you're laughing, lady. Right? Before we started recording, I don't know why. Anyway, but um, that I was I was listening to it, and I felt like I was sitting in a smoky jazz club, and I was listening to some beautiful jazz music, and somebody was just talking on the mic, like, "Yes, your legs." the color of caramel you know like (laughs) and fingers snapping when we like you know that's what I felt like so can you talk to me a little bit about um your album that just came out like what it's about and also like what makes it different from your previous albums that you uh so the yeah the most recent album is called uh timed out and it's my I call it the the love album and there aren't a whole lot of pieces uh, on there that talk about love in the romantic way that we envision it. Um, you know, there's a poem, my favorite uh, poem on there is about, you know, the, what I learned about love from my grandmother um, watching my grandfather die. Um, you know, there's, there's heartbreak stuff on there. It's like the, the, the anti-love <laughs> album almost exactly. in a sense because exactly. it just looks at all the different aspects of love except that what we kind of understand love um, to be. And I wanted it to be a cross between, you know, spoken word jazz and like a, a R&B soul kind of album. And the whole thing was recorded live. Uh, you can probably hear people in the background. And, but that's and what I liked about it. Yeah, so um, almost all of my albums, I think there's only one that I recorded in studio. All of my albums are just live recordings. And, you know, it, it's kind of sucked because we've been in this lockdown. So I haven't been on stage in that way in like over a year now. But, you know, I would always just, you know, rent out a venue, get my musicians together and just kind of either write a whole new show or just, um, you know, say, this is how I want to reimagine this poem. And we would always come up with, you know, music to go with, you know, the poem. And, and it was just a real great creative process to figure out how do you, take this poem off of the paper and just make it into this musical thing. Um, and then uh, there's some background singers on the album. And even with the background singers, I would just tell them, just just go with it. Just do what, it, what you feel. And we would just be on stage and it was just like this organic freestyling kind of thing that would happen. But there's so much trust between the musicians and the singers and myself that nobody's, you know, trying to jump on it and, and you know, take over anything or whatever everybody's just trying to add little accents you know to to it and and um I loved I love how the album came together I love how it um how it turned out and yeah I just love giving people another way to experience my work how did you get started started? what was that how did you start 
Oh, she wants to know when you started and how did you start doing spoken word? And how did you start? Yeah, it, uh, you know, I, I guess I have a whole lot of interesting stories. So, you know, <laughs> it might not um, seem that way because of, um, I guess I've gotten really used to, you know, interviews and this kind of stuff, but I am an extreme introvert. Um, I don't like speaking to or being in front of people. I don't what? like being the star attraction. Although my job is to entertain people and be the star attraction to be mm. on stage. So it's a I've heard of people like you. Interesting <laughs> thing. The minute I get off stage, I just go into a shell and that's me. When when can I go home? When I when can I be out of here? I do all the social stuff that I have to do. Thanks for coming, blah, blah, blah. And then I just need to go and be by myself. So uh, I started in, in high school. And at the time, um, I didn't grow up writing or doing anything like that. I became the president of our school's um, black students group and I had organized a talent show and I had friends who you know, were singers, dancers, hip hop artists. And I organized the show and it started to get a whole lot of buzz. There's just people coming from all sorts of different schools to come in and check out this talent show. And then I was like, you know what? This really sucks because people are coming to watch all of my friends and no one's gonna know that I'm the one who put this all together. So I need to find a way to get on stage in my own talent show. But I'm <laughs> like, what do you do when you have no talent? I can't sing, I can't rap, I can't dance. Oh like, no. Right, let me write a poem. So I wrote a poem <laughs> and that poem changed my life. Um, wow. and, and that was it from that day. I never looked back and poetry has been my job since high school. That's amazing. So cool. That is very, very cool. Um, am I wrong to add to, I think I read that you're also an author? Yeah, so I have um, 13 books of poetry, um, or 13 books that have come out. Um, two of those are children's books. One is a uh, inspirational uh, book that is actually taught in, in a couple of the high schools uh, out here. And wow. then I think 10 of them are just collections of, of poems. Oh, wow. That is so cool. So, I mean, this, this is going to be my last question. I don't know if this is going to be Di's last question, but what's next? Like, what more can you do? <laughs> um, you know what? It's, it's such a, I mean, that's a, a great question. And um, I'm always trying to do more. I'm always trying to challenge myself. I think for me, that's what life is all about. If one, the minute you stop trying to learn stuff, you're like, you might as well be dead. Like there's, there's just so much to do, so much to, to find, to discover. So like I said, we've been in this lockdown um, over here. Nobody wants you to go out of your house. So I've been um, on YouTube taking like guitar lessons. I'm trying to learn how to play the guitar. Um, I wrote a screenplay for a movie, I'm still writing poems. <laughs> I'm here recording stuff on, on TikTok. I'm, I'm, oh my goodness. I'm, oh my I'm goodness. doing this month. Like I said, it's February Black History Month. I got 50 bookings for this month to do in 28 days. Um, I just, I do, I do photography. So I'm a photographer as well. And I just, I just grind all the time. That's all I do. I just love to create. So I'm always just looking for ways to create and new avenues to create and, and share my work. Okay, I lied. That's not my last question. Okay, this is my last question. Where did you get your work ethic from? Who did you get your work ethic from? And what is it that you saw in that person that made you think, yeah, that's, that's going to be me. That's how I'm going to. 
you know, I don't, I don't have anyone in my circle who works the way that I work, but I think from very early, I saw that the work that I did opened up certain doors and I liked how those doors opened up. So, I mean, you know, you had asked before if I've come down to the States at this point, I've had the opportunity, I've performed in 18 countries around the world. Now, as a, as a black kid with Jamaican immigrant parents, you don't even imagine that you could write poems and see the world. Not from but, a Caribbean parent, hell freaking no. You know what I mean? But No, so you better be a doctor lawyer. I, yeah, the work ethic that I had, and I was doing all this stuff, and then I'd get a, 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 an email, hey, do you want to come to Germany? Sure. Hey, you want to come to Budapest? Sure. You want to come to France, Ghana, South Africa, whatever. And I'm just like, you know what? Why wouldn't I work hard? Like, mm. the alternative is to just sit and do nothing. And and what do you? What would I gain from that? Like, again, my thing is life is is to be lived. So every day, as long as I have the energy, I just try to do stuff, and everything that I do leads to something else. If I didn't jump on TikTok and try to figure out this this podcast wouldn't be happening. So everything leads to something, but nothing leads to nothing, exactly. right? So I like going places. I like doing things. I like meeting people. I like having, you know, contacts in different parts of the world and just being able to have conversations and interactions with different kinds of people and stuff. So the, the only way that I've learned that that happens is just through the work and just through the hustle. And that's, that's just, I've just been wired that way now. That's so cool, but I have another question. No problem. Do you want your daughter to have the same kind of hustle you have? If it's what she wants for herself, then I want her to have it. Um, I keep her close enough that she sees the hustle and she sees the results and she sees what happens. I don't hide aspects of, you know, what my career, you know, from her. So I even told her the other day, I'm just like, hey, Valentine's is coming up. Some of the sexy poems might go up. You probably don't want to watch those ones. She's like, I got you. I don't want to watch those. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I'm yeah. just like, I keep it real with her. Um, you know, there's some of the poems that sometimes, you know, um, she'll come on stage and she'll perform the poem with me. And if she does that, I pay her for it so that she could see that there's value in art. You do this with me. I'm going to break you off some of my pay. I'm going to give to you. So uh, it's very important to me that she sees what it is so that she can decide for herself if she wants anything to do with it. At the end of the day, you know, she's got her own journey that she's going to be on and I'm going to support whatever that journey looks like. But I want to make sure that she sees what my journey is so that if there's any part of that that attracts her, then, you know, she could be like, well, you know, this is how my dad did it. Now yeah. I'm going to take it and put my own little spin on it right. and, and take it where I need to take it. Right. Okay. That was my that last question. So cool. <laughs> that is so cool. Don, did you so have any cool. last things? You yeah, I hope I did. I hope you will come back and I hope Anytime. you will share some of it with us. Yay! Anytime. I would Yay. love that. Thank you, Dwayne. I get a live, you so a much. live reading. That would be so cool. Yeah, that's, oh, that's exactly what I'm going to try out on TikTok. Guitar. So I'm going to I'm going to start doing like a little once a month poetry reading on TikTok. So Oh, that's awesome. Oh, that's yeah, so that's, cool. That's coming just now. Okay. <laughs> that is so cool. I love that. And then you can show us your guitar and, and play a little something from the <laughs> <laughs> no, we're not I quite think we there need to wait yet. for that. Yeah, yeah. We're not I quite there just yet. Maybe like 
Christmas time. <laughs> Might be able to do a little maybe one, a little thing, you know? twinkle, twinkle, little star. <laughs> that is so cool. That is so cool. All Thank right. you so much for sharing. We appreciate you so much. We both found you independently. Mm. She was like, you got to hear about this guy. I love him. And I was like, wait a minute. The guy who did the princess poem with his daughter? I know him. And I was like, yes. So, man, we're going to keep watching you and keep yes. supporting you. We appreciate you. Thank yes. you so much. Thank you so here. much. Thank it is such a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Um, all right. Um, to my listeners, thank you so much for listening. I love y'all. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Check Dwayne Morgan out. His TikTok is amazing. It'll be in all of the Instagram postings and all of that good stuff. So you can find him um, and support, 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 support. Um, all right, y'all. Deuces. We are out. Bye. <laughs>